Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Well, hello and welcome into the Financial Flight Plan podcast. I am Ben George. She is Bree Reyes, investor, coach, and certified financial planner at Estes Financial Services. Bree, how are you today? You know, Ben, I'm doing great. I survived the North Texas tornado situation the other morning. Mm. So all in all, really good. Yeah, we had um, 14 confirmed now tornadoes. Uh, cut through DFW about 7.45 in the morning. Oh, geez. 7.30 is when I was driving Nate to school, about 7.35, I guess, and on my way into the office. So I drop NATO off first, and then I come on in, um, except on Tuesdays. Tuesdays is my allergy shot day. So I drop NATO off, I go get my allergy shot, and I come on into the office. So we're driving, I'm driving him off over to school. And of course they break in on the radio, you know, that very scary music when they're breaking in and do the whole, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. the national weather service has asked that we break into this. Yeah. And if you're in Azel, which is where my parents live, where my business partner, Tim Estes lives and and my mom live, um, please take immediate shelter, Mm. take immediate cover. And so, I happen to know neither one of my parents are big morning TV people. Yeah. We're, we're, our family is very big on reading the news. We don't necessarily always watch the news. And so, um, and Nate is freaking out in the backseat because really? at five, he knows Azel's where grandma and grandpa live. Mm. So we have to call them and they're like, yeah, we're watching it. We're, we're, okay, fine. And um, I get Nate into school. He's in walk back out to my car and all of a sudden the sky opens up hmm. I'm like okay fine it's just rain it's just very dark and very rain and a little windy but not bad and i, I drive over to my allergists i park my car at the allergists i walk in and that's when the tornado sirens start going off Jeez. and i get a message from my husband at lockheed martin that they are have they have a shelter in place situation because there's a there's a there's a rotation in river oaks which is right by where our joint reserve base is or our joint reserve base or joint base i don't know whether it's still reserved anyway carswell and lockheed martin are and he's you know i was like so where are you where are you going and he said well technically i work inside of a building inside of a building so i'm going to be sitting right here at my desk my <laughs> building has no windows <laughs> i was like oh so for you guys it's pretty much just business as usual and he's Carry like, on. yeah, he yeah. Goes, what about you and meanwhile i'm at the allergist and now they're shoving us into they brought down all the patients from upstairs which is where our ent office is and brought them into the allergy clinic and we are all getting to huddle together and hang out in bathrooms it was lovely for about 10 <laughs> minutes 10 to 15 minutes man well so, everybody okay everybody's okay Everybody's fine. I mean, we all had a little wind, um, some little things like trees down and stuff like that, or winds, limbs down and stuff like that. But um, on the whole, I think most people in North Texas, uh, there may have been one or two injuries, maybe a fatality up in Grapevine, but we all, I think, made it through pretty unscathed. But it was pretty scary for a little while. I'm telling you, there's not a, there's not a lot scarier than the weather because you have absolutely no control. You don't know what's going to happen. It's you just feel pretty helpless. And uh, that's 
those tornadoes, man, it just, it's frightening. Well, and when it's a system that has been, and this happened because this, this happened at the worst time. This happened at morning rush Yeah. in the morning. Usually tornadoes are an afternoon and evening event. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. So morning rush as people are trying to drop their kids off or get to work. And then the other problem that we had with it was it wasn't one of those where you can kind of watch the path and be like, okay, I know I'm safe. These things were popping up left, right, and center. Um, it was like whack-a-mole for a little while. Hmm. And that, it you just, you didn't know. In fact, when I left my ENT to come to this office, I wasn't sure what I was driving through. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad everybody's okay. Sounds like quite the experience for sure. It was but. it was a fun Tuesday morning. We'll put it that way. Yeah, no, the tornadoes in December never never a great thing. You thought we were beyond <laughs> beyond that, but they do pop up from time to time. Well, let's get into what we want to talk about today here on the show. Financially, it's 401k mistakes as we head into a new year. Maybe a great time to pay a little more attention to your 401k because I know you know one of the reasons why that we do make these mistakes is because. It is so easy to save through your 401k and you don't really think about it too much because you put it away for retirement, but you should be uh, giving it some attention throughout the year. So we're going to talk about some of the biggest mistakes people make with their 401k to help you maybe avoid these. So Bree, let's start off with um, people that are maybe changing jobs, leaving an employer, going to a new company. What do you do with that old 401k plan? Because many people just kind of just leave it there. Don't worry about it. But should you be rolling it over? I always recommend people roll it over. Um, and a lot of these can also apply to TSPs, by the way. So if you're a government employee, I know a lot of our listeners are government employees. This A lot of this can apply to a TSP as well. And each plan is a little different. So it depends on the plan. There you go. That's my that's my overarching, okay. it depends. <laughs> we know we're going to hear an it depends at some point in time. We might as well hear it early. But I like to have control of my own money. And my fear is with leaving money in for in a former employer's plan, be it the federal government or somewhere else, you don't necessarily have as much control over it. Now, the TSP has gotten some, that's the federal government's 401k for all of our civilian listeners. The TSP has some tricks and some um, some reasons why the TSP might be one where you want to leave your money after you leave the federal government or leave some portion there. Um, but on buy and hold the civilian world 401ks, I like to transfer them. I mean, that's one of the biggest found money um, situations in this country is people have left money with employers um, and switched to new employers. And it just becomes a pain later on when you do decide to consolidate everything. Plus, I've seen employers, former employers charge higher fees on their ex-employees than their current employees or if the plan gets changed. As an ex-employee or retired employee, you have you don't have as much you have no say compared to what current employees have at that company. So you're kind of alone for the ride. I'm always I'm all about simplifying our lives. Our lives are already complex enough. Let's not make it more complicated. Simplify, bring it with you, put it in a 401k you know about. Please, if not for you, do it for your family. I'm helping a client right now who had um, her spouse had multiple. 401ks with previous employers here, there, and everywhere. And it's, um, I don't know if we're even going to find them all, Like that's how bad it is. Wow. So please don't put your family, if anything, do it for your family. Don't put your family in that situation. Right. Good point. All right. That's mistake number one with your 401k. All right. I know one thing that I'm guilty of. Um, I know that now that I'm making a mistake is not rebalancing enough. I, you know, I just don't look at it that closely year to year, Bree, but 
uh, I, I'm sure I'm not alone with that. No, most people don't rebalance nearly enough. Um, and that's kind of, you can see it if you look at the average investor's return versus the return of, let's say, the S&P 500 as an index. The average investor doesn't do as well as the S&P 500, and it's for two reasons. Number one, they it's, it's emotion-driven. <laughs> Fear and greed. I'm not going to get out. I don't want to get out. It's high. Why would I get out now? Well, trees don't grow to the sky. They eventually stop or fall over. Get out. Um, so there's a, there's our greed. Fear. Why would I buy into this? It's down right now. What if it goes lower? So you've got that problem. So you've got the emotions part of it. And then it's just the, it's a pain in the took us to do. We just finished rebalancing our clients' accounts. In fact, they're going to get an email today or tomorrow about it. And it is not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to do in your own portfolio. And I get it. And humans are inherently lazy. That's just kind of what we are. So it's one of those situations where you're not alone. Unfortunately, most people do not regularly rebalance their portfolios and are emotionally driven. And that makes sense. We're emotional creatures. We're not data from Star Trek. And we see it in the average investor's performance. Mm-hmm. How long did you? How often did you say we should be rebalancing? I mean, as it should be every year, every even sooner than that. We rebalance our portfolios every quarter. Okay. Then yeah, I'm I'm, so, I'm way off track, Bree. Yeah. <laughs> I got so some work. Four times, a, but I'm all I'm asking you to do something, Ben, is four times a year. Yeah, like four. Right, and you're not, I'm not asking. I'm not asking you to do it every month. Heck, I'm not asking you to do it every week. And you probably don't I mean, have to make changes every time either, right? you don't have to make changes every time either. If, if you're still within the, the parameters you want of the allocation, then you can stay. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you should at least look at it quarterly. Okay. That is on my to-do list for the new year. All right. Uh, target date funds are next 401k mistake. So you say mistake, target date funds. Well, I thought these were a customized solution, you know, to really kind of plug in the day, the year you want to retire and then the fund would kind of take care of itself. Is that the case? The word customize, it, 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 it gets used so many different ways that are wrong. Um, I would, uh, no, in my opinion, no, they're not customized to anyone. Yes, you can theoretically, and this, this goes for the L funds within the TSP. This is one that applies to both 401ks and TSPs. They, they are designed to get more conservative as, you, as the fund gets closer to your retirement date. But who says that is what is best for you and your needs? Mm-hmm. No one. Everybody's situation is different. Maybe you have a spouse that works. Maybe you have, um, you need to make up because you haven't done any savings on the outside. And so maybe you need to be a little more aggressive than the target date fund wants you to be. Maybe you're worried about inflation or taxes in retirement. I don't know. There's lots of different reasons to maybe not choose the L fund or the target date fund of your retire of the exact year you retire. Um, I would, I would argue that a lot of target date funds and the L funds within the TSP are designed for you to retire and then die. Hmm. They are not designed for you to live past much after retirement. They're not designed to keep up with inflation. They're not designed for growth. They're designed for you to to say to make sure you have money at retirement, and outside of that, 
congratulations, you figure it out. And there's also um, quite a few lawsuits right now. There's a wave of lawsuits really? about target date form funds that they have underperformed. So it's, it's one of those situations that people are starting to notice. People are starting to see their target date funds. And it's specifically, I think, BlackRock's is the one that they're they're specifically targeting a lot in the uh, in these lawsuits but it's one of those that you've got to be aware of that is interesting i, I had no idea i didn't know you could uh bring a lawsuit on uh, underperforming that would that would open up a whole can of worms i'm sure there's a lot more to it i'll look it up but well it's a breach of fiduciary duties while the funds are underperforming gotcha so okay. it's one of it, it's two different things but um the the biggest part of the lawsuit is that is the shifting to more concert, maybe going way more conservative than they should. Mm -hmm. All right, let's uh, look at our next one here. The, f the next mistake I have on our list is just kind of assuming that the 401k plan views you as the client because ultimately it's really the employer that's the client. Right. So, um, and this goes for the TSB too, by the way, you are not the TSB's client, the federal government is the TSP's client. <laughs> um, you are not your 401k's client. Your company is your 401k's client. Um, so while they may be fiduciaries, they're, and, and they do need to do a certain number of things to make sure that they are, are going along with ERISA rules, which that's the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. I had to look that one up. I'm not convinced <laughs> that I know what ERISA stands for, by the way, guys. They have to go. They have to follow all these laws and rules and and stuff. But is their number one priority you? Nope. That's why you always have to be your own advocate, because you are no one else's priority, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Unless you are working with a fiduciary financial advisor, unless you're working with a CFP, like we are here at Estes, um, yeah you're you're not and that's yeah. that's kind of sad it's really really kind of sad yep all right the last thing here with your 401k you might just assume or your tsp you might just assume that your fees and your costs are very minimal because when you open up that statement and you look around you might not really see them there but that doesn't mean they don't exist right exactly i mean nothing comes for free and i think where they're starting to see more and more of this, especially in the TSP, is the TSP did something this year, and, and many 401ks have this, where they have a mutual fund window, is what the TSP calls it. Most private sector 401ks call it a self-directed brokerage account or self-directed portion, where you can pick from funds outside of the fund lined up, or stocks if you want to, in, the outs in a private sector. The TSP doesn't allow that yet. And initially you might think okay this is cheap like this looks really good but then once you're in there and you start looking at it the fees for the the ticket charges and the trades and the annual fee i mean it can add up significantly it, it has shocked some of my clients that are in the tsp that that did it within the tsp mm -hmm. um it's not for active trading to save money it really really isn't uh so the fees are there now, some of them, some, sometimes they're covered by your employer. So it's something else you've got to check out. But the, your 401k is not fee-free. Please don't think it is. 
Well, these aren't all the mistakes. These are just some things that you need to be paying attention to. So if you haven't spent time looking into your 401k or giving it a little bit of love and attention, now would be a great time to do so. Again, if you have questions for Bree and want to follow up on anything within your 401k, phone number is 817-444-8402. You know, the whole reason we're talking about this is to make sure that your retirement's on track and that you're able to save your retirement, which also brings me to the flight plan book that you offer too, right? Yes, our financial flight plan book. It is one of my favorite things about retirement. And it's seven lessons to save your retirement. We have it digitally, but we also have it in paperback. I would prefer to send you the paperback. I just, I'm a paperback book type of gal. I like like touching pages and turning pages. It's not the same when you read it on your Kindle. Hmm. Um, so we have that available for anybody who'd like it. If they would reach out, call the office 817-444-8402 or email us at info, I-N-F-O at estesfinancial.net and just request the flyby. And now we are going to need your mailing address and your name. And why don't you give us your phone number too? That way we can call it and make sure you've received the book. Uh, it's that time of year that packages go missing and or are a little slow or our helper elves at UPS or, you know, or the United States Postal Service are moving a little slow right now. So <laughs> you give us your address and your phone number. We'll call and make sure everything got to you the way it should. I love that. Uh, so, again, take advantage of that. It's a great just a great resource for you and it won't cost you anything. So. Let's move on. Getting to know you, Bree. I know we are turning the page to 2023. I know people have high expectations, high hopes, maybe just want things to return to a little bit of normalcy in the new year. Maybe the volatility calmed down. But we are also making resolutions. Do you like doing that for the new year? I do not like making resolutions. <laughs> I find resolutions a fabulous way to fail. Really? Um, I set goals instead. Yeah. And, and it seems... It's, it doesn't, trust me, I, it seems semantical that goals versus re- resolutions, but to mm. me, it's not, I'm not going to do something or, or I am going to do something. It's more of, here's the goal that I really want to achieve this year. I really want to achieve, I want to feel feel a little healthier in my body. What, what steps can I take? What things can I do to help me reach that goal versus I'm going to lose 10 pounds? Right. I'm trying to make it less about the numbers and start to give ourselves a little grace more. I find that we do not give ourselves enough grace, in my opinion. So true, because I think, you know, you get to the point, too, where you feel like, well, I'm, you know, 50 percent of the way through the year and I'm not even close to my goals. I just let me or my resolutions. Let me just scratch them. Where if you are allowed to give yourself a little more grace, you know, continue on, get as, get as much accomplished as you can. Maybe you don't hit it exactly, but don't give up on it. And it's easy to do that when you don't give yourself that room. Yeah. It's one of these situations where even at the office, we use good, better, best goals. Okay. You know, the, a good number of people that I would want to meet with and kind of talk to a better number and a best number. It just, it, it just helps. It helps me, you know, where's our profitability? Are we good, better, best? What are we doing about this? All of these things help me to run the company. But if I ran it at you need, you know, our profitability needs to be here. If I'm not hitting it in my mind, I'm immediately failing. If I'm already failing, then why am I doing anything? Yep. Good point. Good, better, and best. Good way to look I at it. I love good, better, and best. I love goal setting versus 
those terrible um, <laughs> resolutions. I like it. Well said, Bree. All right, uh, let's close it out with a mailbag question. We got this one from Jerry, who's in Dallas. He says, I'm retiring soon and asked my financial advisor when I should start thinking about my Social Security. He seemed completely befuddled that I'd even ask him the question and didn't seem to have any insight at all. So what am I missing here? Shouldn't that be a basic part of retirement planning? In our firm, it is. Um, Yes, it really, really is. Now, there isn't a magic trick (laughs) to knowing exactly when you should take Social Security. It's actually a delicate art, I would say, um, because there's a lot of different factors in play. And I always make the joke, you tell me when you're going to die, I'll tell you exactly Hmm. when you should take Social Security. Because then I can get it down to a science. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, it's more of an art. So that we've got it. There's stuff we have to think about. We have to think about your longevity. We have to think about spousal social security. There's a lot of different reasons and things to think about that, um, that all cause the decision of when to take social security and all make it, make it a thing. Yeah. So I would tell you, don't automatically just run out and take it. And that may be why your financial advisor doesn't normally talk about it. They may also not be a certified financial planner. They may just be a broker. And all they're concerned about as a broker is selling you good investments and not thinking about your overall financial well-being. That's why we call ourselves financial coaches and that's why we do what we do for our clients is it's more holistic. It, it covers more aspects than just the regular financial broker, I would say. Um, and so that's, it's like I said, simply put, it's not, it's not as easy as here's when you should take social security, but man, oh man, is it fun to run those reports and, and look at the different options. It's probably not a bad idea too, just to sit down with someone, get a second opinion, just to make sure nothing else has been overlooked. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because if they're a broker, there's probably some other things that you're missing in your overall scheme or your overall plan. I would say definitely talk to a certified financial planner. And if you're Jerry Jones, because you are Jerry in (laughs) Dallas, feel free. Give me a call. I have some ideas for the Cowboys. Do you think he's worried about his Social Security strategy? I think he should be worried about who he's playing. (laughs) A different conversation. <laughs> yes, no doubt. Well, very good. Jerry, we appreciate your question and, and uh, very good that you're aware of that. So thanks for reaching out to the Financial Flight Plan podcast. All right, that'll do it for us on this episode of the show. Thank you for listening. If you have questions, please get in touch with Bree or her father, Tim, at Estes Financial, 817-444-8402. And you can find them online, estesfinancial.net. Bree, take care. Have a great uh, new year and look forward to talking to you in 2023. Thank you. And everybody who's listening, go out and lead an abundant life.